Hi, and welcome to The Hard Count. We are your hosts, Cove Montgomery. And Rick Testerman. Uh, this week we have a special guest. Daryl Chandler. This is a sports centers podcast at, uh, aimed at bringing you all the sports information we find interesting. Uh, this week count is, is two, and we have a few uh, in, uh, mini counts as well. Welcome to The Hard Count. Before we go any further in this podcast, I want to give a disclaimer that this podcast will show bias towards our favorite teams and will sometimes dip in a uh, not safe language. Uh, so, Daryl, what's up, man? How you doing? Oh, not too bad. Just got off of work, watching a little bit of this Pac-12 championship game. Um, going a little different than what I expected to see. Um, just chilling. Well, welcome to the hard count. Uh, what are the teams you follow right now? Um, I follow the Tennessee Vols. Go Vols. Um, I'm a Titans fan, making that playoff push with Tannehill. Um, and then I'm a big St. Louis Cardinals fan and um, Nashville Predators. Yeah. I got Thank Derek you. Henry on my fantasy team right now. He's killing it for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, over 103 straight games, multiple touchdowns a game. So. Yeah. And we have a sick Rick, uh, sick Rick on the uh, on the mic today. Yeah, I uh, might not be talking as much today. My voice is just about shot, but... Hopefully this hot water will, uh, you know, help me out a little bit, and I'll sound better as we go along. Uh, so the first count I want to get into is uh, NASCAR in Nashville slash Tennessee. Um, so there's been a lot of talk lately around the uh, fairgrounds and the track there. And uh, uh, a few days ago or a week or so ago, Dell Jr. said that uh, he'd come back and race if uh, races came back to Nashville. And uh, I would just think it would need, like, that place is kind of dilapidated. They would have to do a lot of major remodeling to at least bring in the kind of market that that they do want to bring in. Um, like as a track, it's like it probably needs a repay. But I was talking to my brother who has experience on the track. He says he likes it that way. You you, you want a track with some character and stuff. So who is your brother? Uh, my brother is Chase Montgomery. He raced uh, uh, from two thousand and two thousand two to about. 2011, he raced in ARCA, Bush Series, Craftsman. Uh, yeah, yeah, his only one. So he has plenty of experience. He's, oh, there's, yeah. there's a reason we should listen oh, to what yeah. he says. And, on this. Uh, okay. He grew up racing at the fairgrounds. Um, he used to have uh, 107.5 River as a sponsor. I remember that. And that was always cool. Um, but I, I, even, I told him about a memory I uh, recollected. I, like, during the races, like uh, turn three and a turn four, I always remember that. Like that was like his best spot. He would always gain the most ground. Um, it's like if you've ever seen, uh, have you ever been to the track or anything? I have not been to the track have here in Nashville. I haven't been to Nashville. So it's it's a, it's a I think it's a half mile, and it's short, but it's got wide turns. So if you're able to hit that high line and stick with it, you can really like gain some ground on some people. So. Um, I, I remember watching a couple of Bush Series races uh, whenever they would go back to Nashville on the day. and The uh, uh, Super Speedway out, out uh, in Wayville? Yes, the Super Speedway. Um, and everybody there pretty much ran the High Line as well, yeah. like every time you would watch a race. I hate that track. It should have never been built. It's a cookie-cutter track. It's what NASCAR was trying to build at the time was flat triovals. And the fan base really doesn't want that middle ground. Mm-hmm. You want short track racing with that close racing. Mm-hmm. Or you want that speed at like Talladega, uh, mm-hmm. California, Daytona, um, 
Atlanta's a really fast track. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, um, it just sucks that we have a, a, a parking lot essentially now that sits down in Gladeville and is a uh, storage facility for Nissan. It was, uh, it was broke ground in 2004 and it closed in 2011. Um, it's a concrete track, which is, doesn't really hold up after time because concrete doesn't, I mean. So why, why in 2011 did it close down? Like we're, we're talking about bringing racing back and, and Dell Jr. possibly coming back. Why did it stop? Why don't we have racing now? Well, they want racing at the old fairgrounds. They're not going to be using the one in Gladeville anymore. That's really just a lost project. Like it's just, it's a track that nobody wanted. Like if, uh, my brother said that the, the, our, uh, the track in Nashville is probably the best short track in the nation. And it's been open since 1904. So it's been in running for a hundred and what, 15 years. Yeah. So I mean, that's got, that's some history to it. And one of the sucky things about it is you have these people that move in around, around it and say, man, I really don't like the noise of this racetrack. Then why move there? Yeah. Why would you move next to a racetrack? You know, that's like the people who move into the high rises in downtown Nashville and then complain that there's no parking. Of course, yeah. there's no fucking parking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bristol, um, they've had a a, a a kind of a, a down year this year. In 2009, they sold out the race in the 150 capacity uh, uh, coliseum, essentially. Um, they used to be on a wait to get into Bristol Motor Speedway, right? Yeah, I mean, when, whenever you saw those races, like back in the 2000s and the early 90s, like that place was packed, especially like it looked so cool under the lights. Mm-hmm. Bristol under the lights was a race to watch. The, like, um, but uh, in 2019, uh, only 38,000 people went to the race in the spring race. Mm-hmm. That's a 75% decrease over 10 years. So why why do we think there's been such a huge decrease? Uh, so so for one, um, the racetrack before it got paved, um, they I mean it was a lot of close racing, a lot of bumping and all that stuff. And, I mean Rubin's racing in NASCAR and you don't really see that bump and go anymore yeah. at Bristol. Uh, I think that's people get offensive by it now. Mm-hmm. Like that's. I was uh, uh, Joe Logano was at the Preds game the other day, and I cannot stand Logano because if anybody touches him, he tries to go fight him afterwards, and then when he tries to get a punch in, he runs away and lets his his crew try to take over. It's like, come on, man! Like it's racing. Like you're gonna crash, you know? I mean, it's, you're going 200 miles per hour in a car. Something's mm-hmm. bound to happen. Like nobody's perfect in a race well to let you know how much cra- uh, wrecking was was part of it and, and rubbing being racing at that point i remember there was an old quote by dale senior uh he said the way you went at bristol is you wreck early oh yeah you know? and he said that's that's the way you do it so it, it, to be that much apart i think there, there was a race that he won at bristol where he uh he pretty much took the guy out and like with like three laps or something or the last lap or something he went on to win the race and the other dude wasn't happy but he's like Sorry, you should have spun out, you know? You should have been able to hold your line and, you know. That's um, part of it. Yeah, but I think that, that, I thought that was an interesting stat about Bristol. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the fairgrounds was cool. I mean, I, I remember going there when I was a kid and watching my brother race and going in the pits and everything. Um, but uh, I haven't been in a few years. But 
I do follow some people that still go in every now and again, but it just doesn't fill up as much, you know. And I think another another kind of reason why kind of NASCAR's fallen off is they changed their kind of whole system to the stage racing. Um, and I, I I feel like people understand it, and I really didn't understand it at first. I honestly didn't like it until I talked to my brother, and he was saying that really a lot of local markets race race the stages, you know, and it's just um, NASCAR trying to see like maybe if we can transition to the pro level and try it out, you know. Um, and he was saying that uh, it's just kind of easier to, uh, I mean, one you don't have to sit through the entire race you know there's at least essentially like kind of intermissions now um but uh but yeah it's just i hope it comes back that'd be cool i would love to see the truck series race there um that'd be a sight to see because those watching the truck series is a lot of fun so what's our second kale kobe second count is college football and the playoffs and it is a mess right now so what do you think about it, Daryl? How, how do you stand on all this? So uh, going into the game tonight, um, I thought that even if Utah won this game, I thought Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma is going to beat up on Baylor tomorrow. Um, so you thought there was no uh, that Utah had no way to the playoffs, regardless if they won or not tonight in right. the Pac-12 championship. Right. Uh, the Pac-12. I was really for that Utah team, though. Yeah. The, yeah. No. That the Pac-12, I mean, it's it just has a damaged reputation. I mean, they're the only conference to yet to have a team in the playoffs. They had Washington. Oh, they did have Washington, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they got stopped. They yeah, Oregon and uh, FSU. No, that was the BCS. No, that was BCS. Yeah, yeah, that was the last year. Yeah. So. I mean, I think I think it'll the top four will be um, Ohio State. Even if they lose too. So what, let let's do it this way. Let's go individually. Let's start in the Big Ten. It's going to be Ohio State versus Wisconsin. How do you feel about that game right now, Kobe? I think I mean Ohio State has all of it right now. They got the defense. They got the the run game. They got the pass game. I mean, they probably got the special teams too. And they got Chase Young on the defensive line. They've got J.K. Dobbins and Justin Fields that have been like tearing it up. And really, all Wisconsin has is uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor, you know. And that can only get you so far in a game. Yeah, whenever you can tee off on one player and your offense is one-dimensional, it makes it a lot easier to stop. So I choose Ohio State in that one. You got Ohio State. Uh, how do you feel about it, Daryl? I think Ohio. I mean, you go back to the first game. Ohio State. They played in Wisconsin, correct? Yeah. I mean, Ohio State took them to the shed. I I think you see a lot of the same here. Um, Chase Young. I think if he doesn't miss those two games, he's probably the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, I I, I, I don't know. I, that's a very compelling argument to make. Uh, Joe Burrow has came on as of late, and he's made a hard push, and I don't see giving it to anybody else. Um, I originally I thought it was going to be um, the Oklahoma. What was the uh, that hurts Jalen Hurts that came from Alabama early in the season? I thought it was going to be him, just because the Oklahoma system is so quarterback friendly. And it's been crazy built. to have three straight three different Heisman's in three straight years. Yeah, that would have been insane. 
But uh, even even without him getting the Heisman, there's no question that impact that Chase Young makes on the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, even that Penn State game, he he was wrecking that offensive line of Penn State. Um, Chase Young. I mean, even uh, without him, they still destroyed. Oh yeah, it'll probably it'll probably be Young or Burrow as the number one draft pick well, next and year. I'm sure you all saw this week in the news. To nobody's surprise, Ryan Day won Big Ten Coach of the Year. Yeah, you yeah. know we all saw yeah. that coming. Congratulations, Ryan Day. And going to Peter Jobs is going to win that award. Yeah, it, it's hard not to unless you bring a team out of the cellar. You know, PJ Fleck had a very convincing argument. You know, bringing Minnesota from where they were at to a ten win season. But Ryan Day going undefeated, you know, through the regular season and winning the way they did, you know, they were blowing people out. You so know. what's your choice, Rick? Uh, my choice is uh, going to be Ohio State as well. I'm going to stay uh, with them. So we all agree there, you know, which Aaron won't be – my roommate Aaron won't be happy yeah, about that. Yeah, he's a Wisconsin fan. Huge Wisconsin fan. But you got to go – you got to go with what you feel. So we're going to move on to the next one, the ACC championship. It's going to be Clemson versus Virginia. Daryl, how do you feel about that one? I think Virginia is going to get boat raced. I mean, honestly, Clemson is uh, – I mean, they haven't really played much competition this year. I mean, I think we can all agree the ACC is really weak. The ACC is yeah. definitely in a down year. Um Clemson, I mean, Willie Taggart. Oh, you know, it's. I mean, it's not that Clemson didn't try to schedule because I mean they played they, Texas A and M this year. Texas A and M was supposed to be had better. We year. had that close game with uh, North Carolina too. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. So honestly, uh, think Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne just make too many plays for Virginia. And also, you just don't hear much about Virginia either. You know, like. Yeah. They, have, they they beat Virginia Tech finally this year. For the year. first time in 14 years. Yeah, it, it was, you know, ridiculous that um, Virginia Tech played the way they did. I, I really had a lot of expectations for Fuente, and he's, he's been a roller coaster man. Mm-hmm. They've had some of the worst losses. Um, they had some of the worst losses in Bud Foster history, and anybody who knows Virginia Tech knows that Bud Foster definitely should have a statue somewhere yeah. on campus. Um, you know, but then they've also turned around and beat teams that I didn't think they would beat under Fuente as well. So, you know, Virginia, Virginia has, uh, a really good quarterback though. Uh, and it, he, he may make some plays in this game. I know Clemson has a good defense, but Bryce Perkins is, is a pretty good college quarterback. Absolutely. Absolutely, but you're still going with Clemson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't blame you. Kobe, how do you feel about this game? Yeah, I'm taking Clemson, too. Uh, like Daryl said, uh, what, was it, what was it, the running back? Travis Etienne. Yeah, yeah. Travis Etienne and Lawrence are just so powerful. It's just, once they get going, it's hard to stop them. So, going Clemson. Yeah, I also believe that Clemson is going to take Virginia behind the woodshed. I think it's going to be a rough one. Um, a 21 or 28 point difference at the end of it. I think Dabo Sweeney is trying to come out and say, you know, yes, even though we're undefeated, we're not getting, you know, we played a weak schedule, but we're not a weak team. Uh, yes, we looked bad against North Carolina, but let's make no bones about it. Mac Brown is a great coach. Oh, yeah. You know? And I, I think that was coaching that 
that kind of hurt Dabo there. I don't necessarily think it was players in that game. Uh, I'm, I'm going with Clemson to win big in this one. Now to one near and dear to the three of us here as all SEC fans, Georgia and LSU in Atlanta. Who you got, Kobe? I think LSU is going to win, and I honestly think they're going to wipe the floor with Georgia. You think they're going to wipe the floor with them? Yeah, with, uh, I don't know the running back's name, but he's been hot, and uh, uh, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow and the, the wide receiver Chase. And they have a, I mean, it's CBU for a reason. You know, they've got one of the great, one of the greatest secondaries in the nation. Um, it's just going to be hard to stop that. And they've just been on a roll all season long, put up numbers. But at the same time, their defense has been giving up a lot of points. So if Georgia could probably, if they could, if Georgia can do something on the turnover battle, they'd probably go to Georgia. But I'm taking LSU with a, with the slide. There we go. We got one for LSU. Daryl? Well, I'm, as Lee Corso would say, not so fast, my friend. <laughs> uh, I think uh, Georgia wins a dogfight. I mean, I'm going to say 20-17 to 17 Georgia in a close one. I think uh, they turn over Burrow three times in the first half. Okay. And I think I, that defense Get them rattled early. Uh huh. That defense of Georgia is great. I mean, they're probably the best defense in the country, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, Utah was ranked the best in the country, but we see what's happening. Yeah, right and they're now. getting that's... taken out behind the woodshed right now by Oregon. Um, Pull up the score and tell us what the score is right now while we're in this. Um, I so we've got one for LSU and one for Georgia, and. I'm going to go ahead and apologize to my buddy Ryan, who is a big Georgia fan. I just don't think they've got it. I, Georgia has a great defense, but I don't think their offense is good enough. Um, they're they're shaky at best this year. They've had problems at quarterback. They haven't had a real great identity. You know um, what Georgia is right now? What is Georgia? Fourth, bitch. <laughs> Open the throat hole. God that's almighty. A, that's an inside joke for, for That's uh, for Ryan. you, Ryan. That's for Ryan right there. Um, but I, I think LSU wins this game. I think uh, it will be a dogfight, as you said. I, I do think that Burrow will turn the ball over, but I don't think that they will score touchdowns off those turnovers. I think Georgia will kick field goals, and I think LSU will score touchdowns. Um, it, it'll be at most a 10 or a 14-point difference. Uh, I, I, it may be much closer than that, but I am taking LSU in this one. Um, touchdowns over field goals is how I believe it'll happen. But with that being said, I don't think Rodrigo misses another one, period, the end. I, I think where what in the SEC championship game and whatever bowl game they go to, even if it is the, the play, uh, college football playoffs, Rodrigo Blankenship is done missing. Goggles. I'm calling that right. At the collegiate level, done missing. Good old goggles. Right. Goggles. Feels like he's been there forever. Right? <laughs> but then you have uh, the Aguayos that have been through Florida State for mm. the last like six, seven years, so it seems like it's the same mm. kicker for the last mm-hmm. seven years. Oh, yeah. So that's, you know, we've got, we're not going to talk about Utah and Oregon because that game's going on before we get to post this. A little update on that game right now it's 10 uh, 52 left in the third quarter, and Oregon is up 20 to 7. So Utah finally scored. Utah finally scored. Baylor, Oklahoma. Uh, so the last game that we're going to talk about is uh, the Big 12 championship, which is a one-loss Baylor 
versus a one-loss Oklahoma. How do you feel about it, Daryl? Well, it looks like currently right now, um, barring a Utah comeback, that Baylor-Oklahoma is going to be the deciding factor for the number four. I think you, if Utah were to come back in this game and Baylor wins, it's going to be a coin toss, but uh, I don't think Utah is going to come back one, and I think Oklahoma is going to beat up on Baylor. That second half they had against Baylor and Waco, I mean, Baylor had nothing to stop them, and Oklahoma's defense showed up in the second half. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're going with Oklahoma in this one for sure? I'm going with Oklahoma in this one. Okay. How do you feel, Kobe? Are you going to go with Oklahoma, or do you think Matt Rule can put a cherry on this Cinderella story right now? I like what Matt Rule's done with Baylor, especially after what two years ago they had all that scandal go around with Art Bowler and all that everything. I think two years ago they were one and eleven, and this year they're one. <coughs> yeah. So, so to I mean. so to have a, a turnaround like that, I don't see how have they is he the especially Big the Twelve big, Coach of the Year this year? Did they announce that yet? Especially in the Big Twelve. Um, I don't know. I'm look, not sure if they did. Look up in the Big 12, that is a very competitive conference. Oh, yeah, know? absolutely. Um, but I just see Jalen Hurts and Lincoln Riley just running over Baylor, probably. I think I think Baylor might will probably keep up, but I think Oklahoma will move too fast for them. Yeah, Matt Rule was named Coach of the Year. So congratulations, Matt Rule. Deserving. Yeah, very, very deserving. Um, I'm surprised at what you've done there. Uh, I am so surprised. I am actually picking them with the upset. I'm going with Baylor to upset Oklahoma. Do you um, think they can make it in the fourth position if they beat Oklahoma, though? Um, uh, so that that's going to lead us into our next thing, the how we think the, the college football playoffs are going to shake out. I think if our wins happen the way they do, because we all agree that it's going to be – or did you pick Georgia or did you pick LSU? I picked LSU. So we all we all had the same. No, you picked Georgia. That's I what it was. I picked Georgia. I picked OU. You picked Baylor. So, I picked OU as well. Yeah. Um, That's our only difference right there. If, if we imagine that LSU wins, Oklahoma, uh, LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson all win, that only leaves one spot. And I think a one-loss Baylor would get in. I Probably. think a one-loss – whoever wins that I think gets in. However, however – let me put in a however. If Georgia, if Daryl turns out to be right and Georgia beats LSU, I think Georgia, LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson get in. I think a one-loss uh, Big Ten ch- or Big Twelve champion gets left out. So I just thought of a scenario. What if you have LSU, Ohio State, Clemson? You have Baylor squeaking by Oklahoma. Memphis beats Cincinnati in the American Conference. It's still a one-loss. What if they roll over Cincinnati? They're still a one-loss team. Do you think they can make that push for the fourth spot? As much as I personally, Rick I would, Testament, I would love it. As, as much as I would love to see that. I love Mike Normal. I don't think that uh, the college football playoff committee will ever go for that, and even if they were undefeated. We saw that they didn't pick an undefeated UCF a couple years ago, and the reason for that is they think that more people would watch you know, if they don't think it's going to be a, a blowout. And they didn't put UCF in because they thought, oh, no, we can't put them in there. They'll get blown out. So they put them up against Auburn, and then they beat Auburn, who was the only team to have beaten Georgia and Alabama the year that they went to the national championship game. So in my mind, what was it, 2016? 
UCF is the 2016 national champs. They beat everybody you put them up against. They're the only team that can say that. They're the only team that went undefeated and beat the team that beat the and, two guys in the or the two teams. And that was the same year that Bama didn't win their conference or their division and still won the national championship, I believe. I think Nick Saban is the only coach um, in history that has more national championships than conference championships. I think he's the only coach who can boast that. And he has two national championships without conference championships. Yeah. Did Alabama play in the SEC championship that year? No, they didn't. No. So, no. Auburn did. Auburn. Auburn yeah, it was a two-loss Auburn team, but both of their losses were out of conference, and they beat Alabama. So they played Georgia. They had beaten Georgia earlier in the year. So Georgia was a one-loss team going into the SEC championship. And then they, like, molly-whopped Auburn in the SEC championship. And that's why I love Auburn being Alabama, because they would have put Alabama in that fourth spot. No, I I 100% believe that. And it would have been bullshit to have a person that had a team that didn't win their conference and couldn't even win their division to get in the playoff spot. Because the whole thing is to have your conference champions in there. Or let that little guy, like, let your uh, Utah – that's your Baylor. UCFs, your, Baylor. your Boise's whenever they yeah. were undefeated. I mean, I think even if they went to an eight-team eight playoff, teams like Memphis and teams like Cincinnati will be left out of the playoff. Yeah, and, and that's why it's the biggest fucking joke mm-hmm. that there is. They keep saying, well, we need to expand it to give more people a chance to get in, but, but they're not, not going to let them in. Yeah, it, I mean, It's a money grab is all it is. Who's going to bring the most viewers? Alabama is. They're going to throw them every single year because, because of that. Yeah, and that's why they were going for them this year, even with them not, with, without a conference championship. Yeah, I mean, if they Utah did, doesn't have it, any viewers, Alabama has a ton of viewers. If they did go that way um, to an eight team, they I believe they would put in the Power Five conference winners. They would have an automatic bid, and then I think they would have three at large bids. Um, and then like this year, your three at large large bids would probably be Alabama as one of them. Auburn is one of them, and maybe Florida. They might put they they would potentially put four SEC teams in. Yeah, I mean, uh, but to be fair, the the ACC is a very weak conference. We've already talked about that. All you have is Clemson out there, really. Honestly, I think the Big Ten is the best conference this year, top to bottom. Top to bottom, yeah, I, State, I would make the Minnesota, argument. Minnesota, Wisconsin, OSU, Michigan, Michigan. I mean, even Iowa, Iowa, even Indiana. Ain't. Indiana has been good this year. Like I'm Iowa saying, Iowa State's a good team. Iowa like State's in the, the Big, Big 12. 12. Illinois, Illinois has been pretty good. I mean, they upset yeah. Wisconsin. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So I think top to bottom, I think the Big Ten has been the best conference this year. Which, as a Tennessee fan, you know, there every all the things point to us playing Minnesota in a bowl game. And, and I kind of hate that for Minnesota mm-hmm. just because I believe they've reached so high this year and, and not saying, game. yeah. And not saying that Tennessee couldn't give them a good game, but yeah, I They're feel like different spectrums as teams. Exactly. Exactly. Let me ask you this. It'd be fun to see Minnesota and Memphis. That would be a hell of a game right there. Gophers and the Tigers. Mm-hmm. I'd watch that. Mike uh, Norville versus P.J. Fleck. And I am here to tell you, and and you both know, for a long time, I've said, row the damn boat. When Tennessee was looking for a coach, I would have taken P.J. Fleck at that moment. 
Um, so I, I hope he does great things. Yet again, I'm, I'm sorry, Aaron. You know, my roommate's a Wisconsin fan and absolutely loathes Minnesota. So, you know, I, I know he hates to hear me say that. Let me ask you this. If LSU wins and Ohio State wins, who plays Clemson? It, I would go margin of victory at that point. Whoever wins by the largest margin of victory uh, would get to play Clemson. Or would get the bye from Clemson, rather. Yeah. I mean, I, honestly, both those teams beat the 4C. Uh, I mean, unless Georgia make wins like I think they will, then I think it'll be Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, and then LSU as the 4C. And then you potentially have Ohio State, LSU. First and game. then Georgia, Clemson. Mm-hmm. So that, those would be really, really good matchups, and that would draw a lot of eyes. Um, my my buddy Ryan believes that uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, officiating bias for Georgia in this game just because he believes that there's a conspiracy to get two SEC teams into the playoffs. And then, uh, man, you have come up with a bet, Rick, on uh, our picks. So we've decided to make things a little spicier this week, that um, between Kobe and I, whoever uh, whoever loses out on picks, which we only had the one pick that was different, right? So basically it's just OU Baylor. Okay? Yeah, that's kind of decided. So OU, we basically have bet on OU Baylor. Um, and I'm getting a little nervous right now. Don't let me down, Matt Rule. Don't do it. But we've made a bet, and whoever loses this bet – um, has to don the other's team the other team's apparel so I would have to wear Vanderbilt gear sing or dynamite and sing dynamite mm, that's our fight song is it okay mm-hmm. and if Kobe loses and if uh, Baylor wins Kobe will have to don the orange and white and he gets to sing down the field so we've got that I have to sing Rocky Top or you could sing Rocky Top I can let you sing either one Thought we were talking fight songs, but I was going to go with we're going to go with down the field, our actual fight song. You know, you, nobody would know it if you're not an actual right. Tennessee fan. You would think it's Rocky Top. Yeah. yeah, maybe I should the have thing, you sing both. The thing that you play after every single thing. Oh, loss of three yards. Good old Rocky Top, Rocky Top Tennessee. He's already got good practice on that song. <laughs> he already knows the lyrics. Seems like it works. Played everywhere. <laughs> Or how many times that song has been played? How many times was that song played at the game you went to? Too many. So, got fellas, a few, you got a few quick counts. Let's get the quick counts. Um, I know you're a Houston fan, a Houston Rockets fan, Daryl. Uh, what did you think about that uh, Harden shot that went through and didn't count, and now pro and now they're protesting the game? Ah, uh, I feel it's. I mean, it was unfortunate that they missed that call. However, I, one, I don't see the, it being overturned. I mean, it's early in the season. Don't really know why we're protesting it. I know the West is loaded, and you want to win as many games as you can because it's probably going to – a bunch of seeds are probably going to be separated by one game. Mm-hmm. But I I really hate every, every, every time the Rockets – um, have something wrong with officiating, it's became a story. Yeah. 
against the Golden State. The last two years, there's been a problem. They didn't come out and said about like, sorry, yeah. yeah, we did miss some fouls on that. You know. Yeah. I mean. But to be fair, there are fouls missed in every game oh, that's yeah. ever been played. You know, we just don't think about them until it gets to crunch time at the end of games. Yeah. Yeah, if you added up all the minutes that are, you know, wasted off the clock whenever balls go out of bounds and stuff like that, if you really looked into that, the officiating's terrible in every game. One one big thing about that shot too. I mean, there was still almost eight minutes left in the in the basketball. Game. They also gave him a twenty point lead to yeah. lose the game too. So, I mean, I mean, is it unfortunate? Yes. Does it need to be changed? No. Yeah. I was just uh, interested on your thought about it. So. Mm-hmm. You got any quick counts? Well, right. I, I have one question about it. Why are made goals not reviewable. So if, if there's a question it, as to whether or not something's a made goal, why is that not reviewable? So this is this is what happened according to the officiating side of things. Dan Tony had a different uh, different account of what happened. However the officiate officiating said that Dan Tony went over, argued the call for over 30 seconds, you got 30 seconds to review the call, and he did, never asked them to review the call within that 30 seconds. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so he it missed potentially his time could period. have been. Okay. Um, however, Dan Tony's point is I'm over here arguing the call. Obviously, I want you to, I want yeah. you to look at it. That's nice. I mean, I guess both sides kind of have logic on either end, but officiating had the upper hand on that one, so it was unfortunate. You got anything, Rick? No, I think I'm good. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for uh, joining us on the hard count. Thank you again, Daryl, for uh, joining us. Thank you, guys. I hope uh, I can be... On some more shows, it's fine. We'd love to have you. If they want to get in touch with you and tell you how well you've done in this episode, uh, how could they get in touch with you? Social media or anything? Um, uh, my, I'm just on Twitter, Facebook. Facebook. I'm just on Facebook. Just on Facebook. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, if if you want to, you can uh, send mail to uh, Daryl. You can either (laughs) look up his Facebook, or you can send it to us here uh, on the Hard Count Podcast. Where would they send that information to, Cody? Uh, They can go to Twitter at uh, the underscore uh, the underscore hard underscore count, or just search the Hard Count. Um, And then we're also on Facebook, the Hard Count Podcast. Uh, We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, So yeah, that's where you guys can find us. Also, uh, do you want to give a little disclaimer as to what happened and us switching over? Oh, yeah. So if you guys have noticed that we had kind of lost our Spotify for probably about a day. Um, We were switching hosting sites, and uh, I kind of messed up and didn't do something before I switched, but uh, talked to Spotify, and everything's fixed, so everything's uh, up and uh, running now, so... So yeah, go ahead and follow us, guys. Thank you for listening. That is the hard count. Ta-da.